and welcome to episode 103 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. Our goal with this podcast? Well, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, which I think we did this week. We certainly did. (laughs) And most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. Here's how it works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, like anywhere I can find a recipe on the World Wide Web. We have all these recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and a shopping list on our website at dinnersisters.com. You can also get them sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter, which I write, if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening. Okay, Kay, this week's recipes were Big Batch Seasoned Ground Beef from Epicurious, Instant Cream Cheese Shin Ramen from Lady and Pups, and Japanese Curry Bricks from New York Times Cooking. Oh, Betsy, I feel like this episode has just been, like, we did it. Yeah. This was quite the episode. So we've been trying to get this done for weeks. It's a lot about doing things ahead of time, which, you know, can sometimes be a challenge. And uh, this is a little different than even just like making a casserole the night before. These are things that can like live in your fridge or in your freezer until you're ready to make the meal. So a bit of a pantry staple, freezer staple kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kate, we really have been kind of punting on this episode <laughs> for months. I mean... <laughs> Really, it has been it has been a thing, and it's been sort of hanging over our heads because we've both Mm -hmm. wanted to do it, and then it just I think the holiday rush kind of got to us. So, anyways, yeah, yeah, that that February holiday rush. (laughs) Well, I mean, we were talking about it. I think in November. Um, Oh, that's true. That's true. The first time around. Uh (laughs) (laughs) um, The trick with this episode is that we needed to allow enough time to first pre-make and then use these pre-made ingredients to then make a dinner, yeah. which made it sort of an extra challenging episode to put together. But we did it and we're here to talk about it. And I'm yeah. so glad we did because I think this really ended up being a, a a great episode. Oh, agreed. Agreed. First up is probably the simplest. Big Batch seasoned ground beef from Epicurious. And all you have to do is take four pounds of ground beef, season it with salt and pepper, and brown it in a large skillet. And if you can't fit all four pounds in your pan, you can actually just brown the first two pounds and then add in the rest. Freeze it in one pound or whatever size batches you want for anything you can think of, like adding it to marinara sauce, stuffing peppers, or they actually suggested reheating a bit of the ground beef with some olive oil and topping hummus with it, which I thought delicious. There's a companion article with the recipe for the ground beef filled with ideas that I think are really fun. And we'll post that in our website so you can check it out too. Betsy, how'd this go? I liked this because it's really more of an idea or sort of a meal Mm. planning solution. And I think we can use those sometimes. And it's nice to be reminded of the way, just different ways your life can be easier in the kitchen, to be honest. It seems so obvious. (laughs) But sometimes someone needs to just tell you, hey, make a whole bunch of ground beef ahead of time. And your Tuesday nights will be more pleasant. So I liked that. Right. Uh, I did make spaghetti and meat sauce with this. I made the Runzas out of Midwest Made. So that was nice because I oh, kind yum. of got to skip a step. You know, I made the topping. My ground beef was already brown. So I just kind of threw it in there with the cabbage. Mm-hmm. 
I made a spaghetti pie, which was delicious. Uh, and Yum. I still have, yeah, I still have a lot left in the freezer. So I liked this as just a concept and a reminder and sort of a make ahead component that's ready in your freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So I mean, full truth here. I did not make four pounds of ground beef. That's a lot for you. Yeah. That's a lot. Like, I don't know where I'd put it, honestly. (laughs) So, uh, but I did make a couple pounds, which even felt, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a lot of beef. But when, you know, you cook it down, it loses some volume, first of all. Mm -hmm. And then I froze it in half pound portions, which is only four portions, really. Yeah. Um, And so I set some aside for meat sauce, which is really good. And I'm looking forward to using it with that hummus idea, because I figured, Mm -hmm. like, get home, put some hummus on a plate heat up that ground beef like that's delicious yeah Yeah. um so i think it'll be really nice to have these easy to deal with protein in the freezer after a long day um i was even wondering if i could adapt it somehow and just like simmer it in a little of that korean beef taco seasoning oh yum yeah right so delicious Mm -hmm. yeah so this is like a four out of five idea for me i'll definitely do it again and um, I just was like, yeah, like you said, it, this is an idea. It's less of a recipe. When they said seasoned ground beef, when I first read it, I was like, oh, what what are the seasonings? <laughs> just salt and pepper. But I think that makes it really flexible, right? Because you can do a lot of different things with it. You're not kind of stuck in one particular recipe. Yeah. How was your rating? I'm giving it a four out of five also. I, yeah. I you know, it's not going to like knock your socks off as far as a new dinner idea. Yeah. But it definitely helps get food on the table faster, which is something I think we all need. Yeah, I'm great. Yeah. Okay, so next up we have instant cream cheese shin ramen from Lady and Pups. Kay, tell us about this one. Bessie, Lady and Pups has got to be one of my favorite blogs for her food photography and also for her writing. But I don't often have her recipes on our podcast because her cooking style is pretty involved. They're usually complicated recipes and she doesn't shy away from unusual ingredients. I feel like they're beautiful. They look delicious. Maybe not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, but then you talked about this make ahead pantry thing. And I remembered that she has a few ideas for kind of this like instant noodle mix. So I was like, oh, perfect. So I found this one from her site and he- and here we are today. So basically, she has these ideas or these recipes for um, fresh blended ingredients that you can keep in a jar in the fridge until you're like ready to make Asian-ish noodles. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, so like marinara sauce, you'd have this like kind of like instant ramen mix kind of thing. So the shin ramen mix is a is <laughs> Benzie, You kept calling it a flavor bomb. <laughs> I did. I think that's I really did. I true. I even emoji texted you some bombs yes. on this one. Sure <laughs> did. And it is. Yeah. It's got pancetta and anchovies that are sautéed in little oil. And then you blend it with powdered shiitake mushrooms, 13 cloves of garlic, mm-hmm. Korean pepper flakes, Korean hot sauce, onion, soy sauce, fish sauce, instant dashi, paprika, brown sugar, and then cream cheese. And you just blend it all until it's smooth and you kind of plop it into a jar until you're ready to eat. Keep it in the fridge. And then to make the shin ramen, you just simmer a quarter cup of the mix with a cup of chicken broth. Add in your noodles. I used instant ramen noodles without the seasoning packet. And you're all set. So, Betsy, what did you think? I mean, yes, this was a huge flavor bomb. (laughs) I was so surprised. And I guess I shouldn't have been because you're starting with like pancetta and then anchovies Mm. and putting in those 
you know, Korean red pepper flakes mm-hmm. and everything going in there is the fish sauce and it's like really big, bold flavors going in. Yeah. Which of course means it's going to be a big, bold flavor coming out. Yeah. Uh, mine was just like a really pretty orangey red color. Was yours Same. also? Yeah. yeah. It was made for a really beautiful looking dish also. Mm-hmm. Such an impressive flavor. And if you love like big, salty, spicy, umami broths, yeah. you're going to love this. For weeks in the fridge, she said. And, um, and I agree. If you know there's someone in your life that also makes a Korean stew – that you and I didn't make because it, it comes with a lot of like accoutrements, like um, rice cakes and um, mm-hmm. hot dogs and spam and like a whole bunch of other. So you can just even pile more salty, delicious stuff on top mm-hmm. if you really want to, which sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think. Yeah. Right. So I think for guests, this would be super fun. It kind of blew your head off at first. But you're like, oh, <laughs> you kind of keep then you keep eating. You're like, yes, so good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I really thought this is one of those things that to me tasted like I was having a restaurant worthy dish or like, yeah, this is something that I was so surprised how good it tasted at home. Total, this took maybe 20 minutes to make. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really not. um, It's it's a matter of getting those ingredients to your house, Mm -hmm. which is kind of which could take you a little bit of time but putting it all together not bad so one thing i was going to mention is that my black peppercorns i put them in there and you put it on the food processor and i should have ground them first because not all of mine ground up same food processor same i would have maybe or like i've got a mini um uh mortar and pestle and i would have like crushed them just like once or twice first yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about freezing, and I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. It makes about three quarters – how big is a normal marinara jar? I don't know. It makes a lot of sauce. Yeah. So I was thinking I might – what I might do is take a couple portions of it and plop it onto my silpat on a baking sheet and, like, freeze um, it in, the ch- in like, individual quarters, like, okay. little mounds. Because yeah. it's fairly thick, right? So you could kind of scoop it – Mm-hmm. Kind of like keep it all together in one spot, freeze it until it's solid, and then put those in a bag. I don't know how it would come out, but I feel like it would be fine. And I think she writes in there that you can freeze it, but oh, just okay. not a lot of instructions on how you might go about doing that. Got and I it. just personally, it's me and the kids right now mm, because mm-hmm. Ryan's not home yet. And so I'm thinking, I mean, there's no way I'm going to make this multiple times huge dinners in the next, you know, like two right. or three weeks. So I might try to do the same thing. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, we'll report back and, and tell everyone how it goes. Oh, but we need to rate this. This is a five out of five for me. I have no complaints. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was I was surprised how flavorful this was. So it's not a shy recipe. But if you're looking for not a shy recipe, mm-hmm. I would say go for this one. It's fun. Okay, so our last pantry staple today is Japanese curry bricks from New York Times Cooking. Yeah, we're ending on the recipe that kind of kicked off this episode, Betsy. Mm-hmm. This is the, the recipe that you were kind of jazzed up about. And I was like, really? This is what you... <laughs> it was it seemed like such a project. But 
I think it's it was super fun. So this recipe is to make the bricks or blocks or whatever you're going to call them that make the sauce for a Japanese curry, which I hadn't had it before and I loved it. So mm-hmm. spoiler alert, usually we say that later, but I'm just going to tell you, it was great. And the best way I can describe the dish is if like a delicious brown gravy and curry had a baby. Mm, interesting, right? Kate. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, so good. And so you simmer carrots, potatoes, onions, and chicken thighs in this sauce and then serve it over rice. It's, you know, comfort food to the max. So typically you buy the bricks, but this was a chance to make your own. And this is a project, so bear with me on the descriptions. There are a lot of things that go into this. So first you toast a cinnamon stick, bay leaf, mustard seeds, coriander seeds, fennel seeds, cumin seeds, fenugreek seeds, cloves, <laughs> and cardamom pods all over medium heat, and then you grind it in a spice grinder. It smells really good. Then you add in some kombu, which is dried seaweed, shiitake mushrooms, and peppercorns, and you grind it up some more. Add those spices to a bowl with orange zest, turmeric, ginger, sea salt, paprika, and cayenne pepper. And did I mention this smells amazing? This smells really good. Like, at this point, you're just... Your house is filled with delicious spice smell. It's so good. And then you need to make a roux, which is two cups of butter that you melt in a big saucepan with two and a quarter cups of flour. Over a medium heat, you just kind of mix it all up and keep mixing until the flour and the roux is a nice, toasty, dark brown. You don't want to burn it, so you got to kind of watch this. But you really do want that nice, toasted flavor of the flour. And then what you do is you just take it off the heat and add in your big bowl of spices. Mix it all up really well. And then you spread the mixture into three mini loaf pans or a quarter sheet pan that's been lined with parchment paper. And actually, since a quarter sheet is a 9 by 13 pan, that's what I used. You chill it until it's firm and then you cut it into 27 pieces. This makes a lot of curry bricks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And you can store it in the fridge or the freezer. And then, like I said, to make the curry, you first saute your chopped onions, carrots, a potato, and chicken. And then you add in some chicken broth and simmer until the veggies are soft. And then add in the curry blocks. You simmer it some more until the sauce is nice and thick. Serve it over hot rice. And there you go. So many spices in a roux that you chill down and then you can make into a curry. Betsy, how did you like it? So I did, when this first came out, I don't know if people saw this in the fall in the New York Times mm-hmm. cooking, and it is, it was a released recipe from a cookbook, I think, I saw in the recipe notes. Yeah. And it just seemed like one of those really kind of cool projecty things that you do once, and then you can talk about how you've done it kind of all year. <laughs> you know, like... Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, hmm, that'd be kind of a fun thing to do. And I think, again, with this one, the biggest roadblock you'll encounter here might be just gathering all the spices and ingredients if you don't already have them at home. And because the the actual assembling of this is really not that difficult. It's just toasting the spices, grinding them up, and then mixing them into this roux. Yeah. So, So that all was fairly straightforward and i didn't think it was complicated it's just the sheer amount of spices you might need to grab and i actually had a whole bunch of these from our indianish episode kate i was just going to ask you i did not have to buy any new spices because i had them all yeah i think i had to get the combo i think it's oh no yes i had to get the combo i did not have that and i did not have um 
and it was something silly that I usually do have. Oh, the, well, no, the kombu and the shiitake mushrooms mm-hmm. um, I ended up buying. And then I found my uh, stash of shiitake mushrooms, dried shiitake mushrooms. So now I've got two pounds of dried shiitake mushrooms in the house. Oh, boy. So that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. But, that's yeah, lot. I mean, if you've bought things for um, Indian cooking before, you probably have a lot of this in that. Yeah, agreed, because I ended up having a ton of this stuff. And then the mushrooms, I used both for the mushroom powder in the instant, in the ramen Mm -hmm. recipe, and then also in this recipe. So that was kind of nice, because there was some overlap there. I mean, I feel like I'm going to get a ton of mileage out of this. Yeah. Like these curry blocks. I love that it's kind of flexible. I even thought when I was making this, like, I could throw one of these in when I'm making the vegan um root vegetable soup that i like oh yeah into the broth oh. in there and that would be delicious i, hadn't even I was thought just... about that betsy that's a great idea yeah i kept thinking of all the places i could throw one of these curry blocks which is just yeah which is just really fun and the flavor i thought was so great and it has definitely a more like delicate feel to it i didn't it wasn't so like pow like the first right. recipe it was not a flavor bomb. It was like a, a nice, warming curry, delicious curry broth. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like why I called about the, the gravy because mm, yeah. it has that kind of like comforting. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like you kind of use yours more of as a broth. If you thicken it up when you're making that curry, it does make a nice, thick, delicious sauce in that way. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – I made the curry. We, I mean, I, it did not stay in the house. It just was gone. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, uh-huh. And I think it was, you know, it was really balanced for the spices. I thought that was delicious. And like, like you said, Betsy, this makes nine batches of curry. Yeah, that's a it's lot. Just, it's a lot. And considering like all the cooking we do, you, this will last me a really long time. But like, I normally have carrots and onions and potatoes in the house. Mm-hmm. Yep. You could throw tofu in here and it would be delicious. I actually did not have chicken thighs. And so I used a pork loin that I cut up. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Um, I think you can use beef if you wanted to. You know, it's really flexible in that taste. So I think, you know, unless you're going vegan, and I was actually talking to, <laughs> believe it or not, a Lyft driver. I was telling my friend about this this curry blocks, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, that sounds really good, but I'm vegan. And I, th- I was like, I wonder if you could make the roux with a, like a ve- vegan butter substitute. Yeah, I'm sure there are recipes for like vegan roux and then yeah. you could just toss those spices in there. Mm-hmm. And- mm-hmm. And then make this a delicious like vegetarian vegan meal. So, you know, I don't know. This is a five out of five for me. How about you? I'm going to say the same on this one because there was nothing overly complicated about this and the payoff was huge and for as much as I kind of dragged my feet a little bit on these curry blocks because I thought I was going to have an issue or run into something or Mm -hmm. just have it be a little bit more complicated it really was not and I think it's kind of a fun project cooking it's not going to, yeah. you're not going to end up with a meal afterwards. You're still going to have to make yourself yeah. dinner. But if you are, <laughs> if you're looking for like a little Sunday afternoon yeah. thing to do. Exactly. Your future self will thank you. All right, Betsy. So how about the winners for this week? What are we going to say is the absolute, our absolute favorite? 
What was yours? Mine's the Shin Ramen because interesting. I thought that was just such a huge flavor discovery for me. I loved the Japanese curry blocks or bricks. I really did. So these were it was a very close close call here. But I thought because the ramen was so 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 different, Mm -hmm. and I was so surprised by that. That's why I'm going with that one. Love it. I mean, for me, it was the curry. Mm-hmm. It just was so delicious. Oh, man. So if any of these recipes sound good to you, maybe you just want to make some hamburger. And you know what? That's yeah. great. Yeah. Just make that. Uh, you can always make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There we have links to all of our recipes, any tips or techniques we talked about. And if you'd like to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. We are at Dinner Sisters Podcast. Type that in and uh, you'll see us see us right there. Okay, Kate, before we head to the smorgasbord, a break. Okay, Betsy, you had a topic for the smorgasbord today. What did you want to talk about? Yes, Kate, I am really excited about an upcoming book and author interview we're going to be doing. And it is Susan Spungen's Open Kitchen, Inspired Food for Casual Gatherings. So in this book, it's structured so that you can do little parts of your cooking ahead so that when you're entertaining or enjoying a meal with friends, you can have like it's not so much at the last minute. Like oh, nice. done portions of everything, maybe the day before or two days before or that afternoon. So she mm-hmm. kind of pieces things out like this so that when you are at your mealtime, when you're having people over, you can enjoy the time spent and be a relaxed yeah. hostess and, you know, all of the things that we strive to be in life instead of this like <laughs> harried person who's, you know, has a sink full of dishes and you're just look crazy. So right. that's how she structures this book, which I thought was really, really fun. And set up kind of a cool take and kind of a different take on entertaining. She actually says she does not like the word entertaining. It's like gathering or something like that. Cause let's take the pressure <laughs> take off. Take the pressure right? off. Right. Take the pressure off. And one of the ways to take the pressure off is to do kind of little bits ahead. It struck me as I was reading this book that that's sort of what we did with this episode this week. And It doesn't work all of the time. Of course, we know this. But if you can manage to get just a little bit ahead in your cooking, like kind of making the curry blocks or the shin ramen, you can spend more time enjoying the meal you've made with your family, too. Like you can use this concept that she uses for having friends over in a way that might make your weeknight dinners easier as well. And I like how she doesn't go like full on meal prepping because you and I both find that. To, yeah, you know, like a difficult thing, like to way get on too board much. With. Yeah, it's 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 just so much, and so she's saying like maybe just do one or two things ahead, and you can just take the pressure off yourself a little bit. Another point she makes in here, which I thought was just a nice observation, is that if you do a little bit of these things ahead of time, it will cut down on your day of dishes. Like you won't have so many pots yeah. and pans. <laughs> and I was like. Yes, that is another thing that's so obnoxious when you're making everything all at the same time is that you get this like explosion of dishes some nights and she's saying if you piece it out a little bit more, you'll also be doing your dishes kind of not all at the same time. Which I Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. I think any time that you can be more present with your guests and less about running around 
like a chicken with your head cut off, the better. So this sounds like a really fun book. I have not gotten it yet. I'm really excited to get it. Mm-hmm. And read and we'll have to um, post some pictures and things of, of what we do when we actually dig into it. And then we're doing the interview when, Betsy? It's early March. So look for that coming out in the next month or so, that episode. All right. So coming up next week, speaking of make ahead or getting one step ahead of ourselves here, Kate, we're talking about marinades. Yeah. I mean, it's just something you can do to make your meal maybe that much more delicious. And there is a pork loin marinade that may just compete with Ryan's favorite recipe. Yeah. Yeah. For longtime listeners. (laughs) You'll know what I'm talking about. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right. So that's it for dinner this week. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes and other fun stuff. If you have some dinner ideas, send us an email. We are at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. Last, as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe and maybe even tell a friend. That's how people get to know us. Thanks and happy eating. <laughs>